1: This is the Los Angeles Citycast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers.
0: Welcome into your Friday edition of the Los Angeles Citycast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host Danielle Alvari. Did anybody else watch the Celtics completely demolish the Heat? I was so torn back and forth on that game. Heat at home, but the Celtics, ah, they're getting their players back. that They didn't have game one. The defense is probably going to look stronger. And lo and behold, it certainly did. Uh, gave the Heat a lot, a lot of trouble. So now the series evened up there. And also, in fun news, in case you missed it, in case you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, I also got to cash a plus 240 bet on the Wings game. Wings-Mercury, the Mercury playing shorthanded. Unfortunately, no Skylar Diggins-Smith. Ended, uh, ended up not going. And... That was apparently just the the straw that broke the camel's back for the Mercury. The Wings to win the first half and the full game, plus 240. Killer, which is funny because the conversation I recorded with uh, our guest today, we actually recorded before the game was over, and we talked about how the Wings were a team that we couldn't really trust, a team we couldn't really pin down. But man, Arike, when she gets going... It's madness. And speaking of getting going, let's do it. In today's show, let's talk about the MLB first because we have L.A. action. Dodgers at the Phillies again. Yes, the Phillies again. Uh, And the A's at the Angels. Dodgers game Friday, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time. And then A's Angels, 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. Nice little stagger for us there, and then as I alluded to, we'll get into the WNBA Friday and Saturday games. No lines yet for the Saturday games on us, but we took a look at those games anyways. And by us, I mean Miles Ehrlich, back by popular demand. I hope you guys enjoyed last week with Miles. He did a great job actually, and he actually told me afterwards that he doesn't really get into betting as much uh, or or talk about it as frequently maybe Uh, and I think he did a great job he nailed a lot of picks so a great conversation with him coming up as well WNBA writer specifically covers the New York Liberty that'll be all good but first things first we always check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bet River Sportsbook let's start with the Dodgers minus 275 to win the NL West plus 215 to win the NL and plus 475 to win the World Series Like I said, Friday, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time, Dodgers minus 123 on the money line. I, when was the last time we saw a Dodgers money line below 200? I think the last one I saw below 200 was minus 180 and we're seeing a minus 123 here. Wow. Wow. And also the run line, so minus one and a half runs for the Dodgers, plus 110. You're getting plus money finally on the run line again. And that's probably due to the fact that we've seen them win a bunch of games this week, but only by one run, not covering that run line. As for the Phillies, plus 143 on the money line. They won three out of the last four that the Dodgers and Phillies just played most recently last week. The Phillies won the first three. The Dodgers finally got one on the fourth game and I believe that was the game that Bryce Harper did not play so maybe that was the magical formula more on that in a moment Phillies run line so plus one and a half runs minus 137 total for this game nine Angels still plus 2250 to win the World Series they're in action at 6 40 p.m. Pacific time on Friday A's money line, plus 150, not I'm not with a 10-foot pole. And Angel's money line, minus 180. Too rich. Too rich for my blood. Their run line, minus 1.5, plus 123. Now that's what I'm talking about. That looks a little bit better. A's run line, so plus 1.5 runs, minus 152. Total for this game, eight. Looking at the WNBA, Sparks are also going to be in action on Friday. Sparks at the Storm. Storm laying eight here, so Sparks are getting eight. Total sitting at 157 or so. Now, of course, remember these WNBA lines are very fickle. You want to get that closing line value, if you will. You want to make sure to get the best number early because these lines do move frequently. That doesn't mean that the lines that are the closing lines don't have a chance to to cash. They absolutely do, especially as it pertains to the WNBA. It's not as razor sharp of the lines as the NBA is for sure, but usually you're getting a lot better value, like up to two points or more sometimes if you get those early numbers. So I do try to tweet out as soon as I grab my bets. I have not placed my bets for Friday at the time of this recording on on Thursday evening. So uh, I will most likely, and I'll probably be posting those Friday morning if you're interested. NFL, you know the deal. Week one, Bills at Rams. Rams getting a point and 52 the total. Raiders at Chargers on September 11th in that week one. Chargers laying four. Minus one ninety on the money line, and fifty one and a half is the total. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. All right, first things first, Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. They're at the Phillies, four oh five at Citizens Bank Park at four oh five p.m. Pacific time. That is not the freeway, which could be confusing. Do you guys say the four oh five or four oh five? Take take four oh five. I think I say the four oh five. Is that is that the way that makes me a Californian, or is the opposite? I don't know. Somebody tweet at me. Let me know. Uh, LA is on a five-game win streak, which is nice after losing four straight to the Phillies last week. But Bryce Harper was available for the Phillies in that series. His status for Friday is in question. He received a platelet-rich plasma injection this week. I was just talking to my doctor about this exact same thing for my said ankle, Um, but I opted not to. It did not sound like it was going to fix my problem. Maybe it will fix his. It's to treat a UCL tear which may eventually require Tommy John surgery. So that sounds terrible for Bryce Harper, which is un, un like really upsetting actually, because he was on a tear, literally. Hmm. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, I was really pleased with that. Mm, Julio Rias on the mound again. Julio has let me down a little bit as of late, but he is still Mr. Reliable, in my opinion. Maybe not Walker Bueller reliable, definitely not Kershaw reliable, but I'm happy to have Julio on the Dodgers for sure. It's two and three now. The lefty here, seven games he's pitched in, 36 innings. 3.00 ERA, 1.14 is the whip. He's pitched through six innings in his last four games. Uh, he did take a loss in his last Saturday game, Phillies. They won that one 8-3. to He allowed 8 runs, 5 earned, on 8 hits with 3 strikeouts in 6 innings. We talked a little bit about reduced velocity for Julio this year, but it does seem like it started to kind of level out in the last 2 games. Although, in the last 2 games, he has allowed 19 hits combined. So take that to mean what it will I think he's kept his era down even considering the reduced velocity at the start of the year I think we're still going to see solid pitching from Julio that's what I've come to expect on the other side he's going to see the Phillies offense obviously collective 250 batting average they're fifth in the league in total hits eighth in runs scored and also have the fourth ranked slugging percentage sixth in home runs do you know who's first It's the other LA team, the Angels. We'll get to them in a moment. Ranger Suarez on the mound here for the Phillies. Why did we not get Ryan Rothstein on for this crossover pod, guys? We failed you. We actually texted about this too. We said, oh, Dodgers-Phillies last week. And I was like, I know I have it on my calendar. And then we just did not do a crossover pod. I think we just both got too busy. Many, many jobs got in the way. And... Uh, then we were like, it's okay, it's okay, they're playing again next week, and we still mm, dropped the ball. So we'll have to pick that up at some point. But uh, make sure you check out the Philadelphia CityCast as well because I'm sure Ryan Ross is going to have his own in-depth breakdown of this uh, matchup as well. That said, Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. Seven games here, 36 innings pitched, similar really to Julio. But 3.72 ERA for Ranger and his whip, 1.38. Now he did go a season high seven innings last time he pitched, which was in that Saturday game that Urias lost eight to three, a uh, seven innings, which is a season high, one for a third time in his last four starts. He has allowed four hits or more in his last five games. I think I think that uh, this uh, this is not as good as it sounds necessarily. Is what I would say about Ranger. The Dodgers offense, come on. They've scored 203 runs this season, first in the league. They have 299 hits. Is that right? Is tomorrow going to be hit number 300 already? Uh, which is 11th in the league, actually. And 39 home runs, 10th in the league. That's so funny with how much talent they have on any given night. Like, six, the first six guys in their lineup, it feels like, could hit a home run. And they're 10th in the league in that right now. The Dodgers have been the Moneyline favorite 37 total times this season. They've gone 25 and 12 in those games. It's a pretty safe bet. And frankly, you're getting a good price on it. What I'll say is Bryce Harper is the huge question mark here. I think if he goes, I don't even know how healthy he's going to be. I think he's the secret sauce for this team. At least it seems that way because the Dodgers were able to sneak out a win in the one game he didn't play in. And of course it's baseball. It's, it's not as much dependent on a one player situation, but you're getting a really nice price on the Dodgers that you don't normally get. So if you wanted to look there, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, that's the weird thing, right? If you looked at this money line normally, Oh, it's not a ton of value necessarily within pride probability, but I think because it's the Dodgers, you are, I think you're getting good value. And maybe there's a reaction to what we just saw in the last series, but to be fair, that, that's fair to react to what you just saw in the last series and the Phillies just took it to them like game after game. If Bryce Harper is in, the value's probably on the Phillies here. Uh, if you want the Dodgers, though, this is a this is a low price that we don't get to see very often. Uh, that wasn't very definitive, but that's where I'm at with that game. It's, it's not one that I'm super eager to jump in on. Angels and A's. The A's coming to the Angels, 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. On the mound for the Angels, Chase Silseth, the righty. First major league debut, I believe, last Friday, May 13th. Who wants to make their debut on Friday the 13th? That's horrible. They did that to him. Six innings, so zero is the ERA right now, and 0.5 is the whip. But again, we're talking about one game here, six innings. He threw six and two-third, actually, scoreless innings against the A's and surrendered one Hit Now that was nice at least that they rolled him out against the A's and here they are playing them again. The A's are 28th in the MLB in total hits, which is again, there's 30 teams. They're 28th. Not great. Uh, Their collective batting average 205. They slug a collective 313, which is last dead last in the MLB. Second worst in the MLB with 23 home runs and last in the league again with an on base percentage of 273. So very nice that Chase gets to go up against them again. Paul Blackburn's going to be on the mound for the A's. He's a righty, 4-0 this season. Eighth start of the season, 37-plus innings pitched. 1.67 is the ERA. 0.9 is the whip. His last appearance was Saturday. He threw six and two-thirds innings against the Angels, giving up one earned run while allowing five hits. Now the Angels offense, come on, come on. Seventh in the MLB with a .245 batting average this season. But a team slugging percentage that is first in the league and, of course, uh, 55 home runs for them as well. The Angels have won 20 of the 31 games that they were favored on the money line this season. Mike Trout, by the way, quick shout out to Mike Trout. Slugging percentage right now, 689, team best for the Angels. Batting 320, 10 doubles, a triple, 11 home runs. And 22 walks. Yeah, I'd walk him too. He's entering this game on a five-game hitting streak. So with that said, the Angels are the side for me here, obviously. And the line reflects that, as we mentioned, minus 180. So maybe something like the run line is a little bit more palatable at plus 123. And I could see the Angels getting this done. Now, my good friend Gil Alexander, who I used to host primetime action with, uh, still a great show to catch on Vison, by the way, Monday through Friday, He would tell me not to do that because the A's are at the Angels. So the Angels are home favorites, which means, in theory, if they're up in the top of the ninth as we go into the ninth inning, then they wouldn't necessarily need to get an at-bat if they're ahead already, right? But the A's could score some runs and not win, and then the run line wouldn't cover. So home favorites, something to be cautious with, and probably why I'm going to stay away from this game. I would love to bet a total on some of these baseball games, but the Angels have been so dicey with that. And unfortunately, because I've also been keeping up with NBA playoffs and WNBA season, the baseball just hasn't grabbed as much as my focus as far as teams outside of the Dodgers and Angels. So at least on a week to week basis. So for me, it's just it's these two teams, the Dodgers are tough. You don't usually get a good price on them. You're getting one against the Phillies, minus 123 uh, for understandable reasons. And the Angels... I take the run line here, plus 123. I might actually play that just, just to have a little something, a little skin in the game. Uh, but I'll have plenty of skin in the game on Friday night because we have WNBA action Friday and Saturday. Three games Friday, two games Saturday. Miles Erlich, WNBA writer, is back to talk about it. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bett Rivers Sportsbook. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bett River Sportsbook. You already know what time it is. We have to talk about the WNBA. And back by popular demand, Miles Ehrlich. Miles, thanks so much for making the time for us again.
1: Oh, thanks for having me back.
0: So WNBA writer, obviously, covered the New York Liberty. A little bit of a rough stretch for the New York Liberty. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Do you expect a little bit of a bounce back here for the Liberty?
1: Yeah, well... The good thing is, when you bottom out, there's only one way to go. And losing four in seven days is really, hopefully, the bottoming out. Um, Mm. But yeah, they're off for about a week, and then they get back at it next Tuesday. So they can rest and hopefully get a little bit healthier, get some of the new players worked into the system, and maybe not turn it over 32 times.
0: Mm. Am I remembering correctly? They had turnover issues last season as well?
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah, they led the league in turnovers last year. But uh, this was this was even something new by last year's standards. So it was oh,
0: wow. the last not the game direction a you want to go.
1: It was a franchise record, but yeah, not the direction you want to go, <laughs> not the records you want to be breaking.
0: Uh, a record nonetheless, though. So Liberty, let them have some time off. Let them rest. Otherwise, let's look at the Friday games first. There are three going on. Let's start with Fever at Sun. I told you also before we started that none of these games, like the lines, were getting me that excited. Like, just really quickly, the Sun are favored by 13.5 at home, hosting the Fever. The Mystics are getting a point and a half at the Dream, and that's probably because Elena Deladon announced out, and then Maisha Hines-Allen officially questionable as well. And then Spark Storm, the Storm have to lay eight. So... Ugh, like having to bet on the Mystics without Elena. Having to bet on the Storm with eight points. I don't know, but we'll talk about this huge spread first. So, Fever at Sun, 13.5. The total is 156, which is a little surprising to me. We know that we talked about this before. The Sun are trying to pick up that pace a little bit, and we know that the Fever love to play fast. I think the Sun uh, are seventh in pace right now, but the Fever are first. So, what do you think we're going to see?
1: So, we also did just see the Sun fully healthy, for the, last, for the last game when they played against the Liberty, and that's when they forced those 32 turnovers. Uh, so everywhere we look across the league, we're going to see small sample size. It's always good to look for trends, but these early season glances can be really deceiving. Uh, so when I was trying to figure out what to do with this game, I wanted to look at rebounds, because through six games, the Fever are leading the league. Last year, the Sun led the league in rebounding. But the Outlier game, sorry to keep rolling back to the Liberty, but the Fever had... 57 rebounds out out rebounded them 57 to 33 and if you take that around out if you take that number out they're back at 35 a game which is exactly where the sun are which is the middle Mm -hmm. of the pack um so i think that both of these teams are going to be around the same on the on the glass Uh, but number two pick nelissa smith might not play and if she Mm. can't go that's huge. She leads the team in rebounding at ten a game. So with Connecticut being so healthy, they really can impose their will. They can push the pace a little bit. I'm also a little bit skittish about that over under. I feel, I feel better about the thirteen points than I do about
0: no. leaning one way or the other. Really, because you so because no, Nalissa Smith. I'm not really sure what to expect from this offense then. Because even the Fever's offensive rating right now, they're eleventh, so second to last. A defensive rating, a nine. And so a not very strong defensive team here versus a very strong defensive team and a team that likes to play slow. I like to look at an under here, but is that crazy at 156?
1: I mean, I would just love to see another game because the first time we saw Connecticut's actual starting five come together, yeah, what they put up? 92 the other night against the Liberty, and that was playing garbage time through most of the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, so that's what scares me with that under is if Indy's not fully healthy. <laughs> And Connecticut is, and this league, the, the margins are so small. So if a team is healthy, uh, that might be enough to really just hit the—they're not going to hit it by themselves, but they can get
0: pretty <laughs> close to it. They're going to produce a lot of it, right? And, I mean, the Fever are scoring other places. And I mean, I'm going to have to imagine she's their leading scorer right now. Uh, so Kelsey Mitchell.
1: Kelsey Mitchell's been Mitchell. really okay. good for them early on. Um, but again, you're bringing Dewana Bonner back, and she's just mm. such a great perimeter defender, and they can just throw a whole bunch of looks at her. So, uh, Jasmine Thomas, too. Yeah. They're, they're going to make it difficult, especially if Queen Egbo is now getting a real test with Jonquil Jones and Bree Jones. Inside. Oh, yeah.
0: Welcome to the league.
1: Yeah, really. Um, so, it's going to, they're going to have to expend a lot of their, their energy on defense and not really getting those looks on the offensive end. I think that's where the under comes back into play. I'm talking myself into it.
0: I know, I know. But what's weird is I've had to almost fade myself on totals so far (laughs) in these first two weeks because a lot of my total vets have not hit. And I kind of got my bearings this last couple days, but... I almost feel like we've been seeing a lot of overs where I would expect unders, and maybe this is one of those situations. Especially because 150s, 156, if we're seeing a number there, a lot of these totals we've been seeing around 160 or higher, like aces games up to 170, 171, uh, and those are usually way out of reach, even with the aces playing the way they're playing. So, little nervous of that 150. It seems like it could be a trap there to try to go in under. But 13 and a half, I have to lay 13 and a half with the sun with the fever team that's been kind of kind of doing some stuff.
1: They're, they're coming back to earth a little bit. They've lost two in a row to Atlanta, who we're about to talk about. Um, so I yeah. think that the wins that they picked up might not hold up later in the season. Um, mm-hmm. Because the other one, I think, was... So they beat the Liberty, and I think the other one was the Lynx, right? And mm-hmm. those two teams mm-hmm. are at the bottom of the standings. Um, right. So, yeah, even though they've got... I don't think they First got their second test. win... Yeah, I think they got their second win on July 3rd last year. So they are ahead Mm. of that pace, (laughs) but um, it might not be enough for Connecticut, who has won by close to 20, I think 20 in their first win,
0: and then by 27 against the Liberty the other night. I think we'll I think we'll lay Miles's money on the Sun (laughs) 13 and a (laughs) half just because I'm making him pick a side here. But no, uh, I do think the Sun get this done, but they have to win by 14 points and they absolutely can. But the fever just so feisty. They're going to go after every possession up until the final minute. And that just makes me nervous because then all of a sudden, oh, they lose by 12 instead of 14. So um, probably not. A play for me on this, honestly, because I don't even think we'll get an opportunity in-game. Do you think there's any chance that the Suns start out really slow and maybe we get an opportunity in the first half to go in on them? Uh, oof, I, I think that this, this first unit, last game, they
1: started slow against Liberty, but they mm-hmm. missed five or six layups at the rim. Uh, so if that doesn't happen again, they'll get off to a quick start. So mm. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to yeah. be any, any play here.
0: This is not fun. This is not a, this is one I don't think we can bet. I honestly don't. And and to your point about the rebounding, that was the only thing that I thought the Fever could kind of contest them with because, as you pointed out, leading in that, the Sun are first in offensive rebounding percentage, the Fever are third. But um, we'll see how John Quell feels about letting Queen in the paint with her. Uh, Melissa Smith, the most notable out questionable that you pointed out already. So just something to keep in mind and keep an eye on. I don't expect to see her Friday. Uh, Mystics and Dream. That's also going on Friday. The Mystics are traveling to the Dream and we're expecting no Elena Della Dawn because I looked at this spread and thought, why on God's green earth are the Mystics getting one and a half points at the Dream? And no shade to the Dream. They've actually been really fun to watch as well. Uh, but we also know that Maisha Hines-Allen also questionable for the Mystics on Friday. So with that in mind, are the Mystics going to be able to get this win anyways? Or do you think this is the Dream's moment?
1: So, when you sent this to me a few hours ago, and I first looked at these lines, uh, Washington was favored by two, and that was before the news of EDD being out, Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, came out, and that was already an interesting line to me. I like them getting one and a half points, because they haven't Mm -hmm. had a consistent lineup in there all season. It feels like that's been the case, because EDD's missed a few games, Natasha Cloud was out, Um, Alicia Clark is working back, but... So with those two out, uh, with EDD and then potentially Maisha My- out, you would think it would swing Atlanta's way, but I'm really eager to see Shakira Austin swallow up a bulk of that front court playing time. Um, she's only played significant minutes twice. And in one game, she had 20 points and eight rebounds. In the other game, she had 13 points and 10 uh, and 10 rebounds. So she's been ultra efficient on the offensive end and a, a rim protector on the other end. Um, she's had one or two blocks in all, but one of the five games so far. And Elizabeth Williams is coming back, so that's some more front court depth. And if Clark and Atkins and Cloud are all active around the perimeter, even with how great Ryan Howard's been and Cheyenne Parker' has been really solid in the post, I still think that that Washington depth, they're they're
0: testing it early, but they're coming out on top most of the time. Well, and this is their moment to prove that they can win without EDD, and I know that they struggled to do that last season, but I do think that they have the veteran presence here, definitely, compared to the Dream. But they are on the road, too. How much do you think that that's going to be a factor? I always have a, a tough time with that, especially when it's a relatively
1: close trip. Um, mm-hmm. That And that, I don't know if they take a bus down <laughs> or if they fly down for an hour or whatever it is. Um, but I don't know. Atlanta's been showing up. Those fans have been showing up. It's a small arena, but they've been loud. Uh, it might—they might be able to get some home fans in there too, uh, because they're so close.
0: So yeah. I, I don't think it'll be a huge factor. I also feel like with these these rookies, it seems like a lot of people have been traveling to see them that were fans of them when they played in college, and I think we're seeing that a little bit as well. That's something I didn't even think to handicap as well when I was talking about an Aces game last week. Asia Wilson actually had a huge fan club of SC people coming to watch her play recently too, so those are like the little details where you're like, oh, this is going to feel like a home game for some of these teams um, that are on the road sometimes, but Mystics Dream, I like the Mystics here. I think, I think I think they get it done. I
1: agree. I'm there with okay. you. Okay.
0: Okay. Even dream first half, if I'm being like tentative here.
1: I mean, Ryan Howard's been so good from from the tip, so maybe like she could hit four or five threes <laughs> in the first half and then they go back to the drawing board and then slow her down to the second half. If yeah. if there was one side I feel like the, other, I've seen yeah. the Mystics
0: get out to some slow starts. Like I've seen them miss a couple buckets and then all of a sudden I get a really nice line on them, at least in the first quarter or so.
1: True. Um Natasha Cloud, though, is just mm. such a strong facilitator and now is more aggressive looking for her shot. It just adds a whole, a whole nother dynamic to that team.
0: Yeah. Mystics second in offensive rating, Dream are second in defensive rating. But of course, the Mystics are playing down here, missing a couple of their key, key players here. So. Oh, dicey, but I think I still like the Mystics here, plus one and a half. Uh, the last game we can look at here, the Sparks at the Storm. The Storm are laying eight points. The total for this one, 157. Again, curiously low. The Storm did beat them last season two out of three times, but the Sparks Rockstar has undergone so many major changes, especially uh, compared to the Storm since last season, so not very comparable. Offensive rating-wise, the Sparks are kind of right in the middle of the pack. Six? And then their defensive rating is 8th. The Storm are ninth in offensive rating, which is shocking to me, uh, and 7th in defensive rating. Obviously, we got to see Brianna Stewart back in action recently. She was out for health and safety protocols for a while. So her back into it. Storm are first in turnover percentage. They do If they do anything well, they take care of the ball well. Um, but the Sparks, on the other hand, just gave the Lynx their first win of the season, which I know that the Lynx are starting to maybe kind of get their legs under them, but not necessarily a good look for the Sparks here. Um I'm not really sure where to go with this. And I don't know that I want to lay eight with the storm. Where are you at? That was also
1: the, that was their home debut too, that uh, they lost to the Lynx. They gave the Lynx, they uh, gave
0: the, their first right. win of the season on their home floor. I... LA doesn't like losing. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> LA sports,
0: I, we have high standards here. I
1: feel bad that every time I come on here, I'm going to probably tell you to bet against the Sparks. But no, this is two for two for me now. <laughs>
0: it's I East Coast
1: paying, bias. <laughs> I think so. I think that's what it is. Uh, I'm, I was paying a lot of attention to what these teams do from long range um, because the Sparks have okay. some very athletic defenders at the wing and the guard positions. Jordan Canada, Britney Sykes. Mm-hmm. But they're giving up 8.8 three-point makes a game, which is tied with Minnesota for second worst in the league. And on the other end, Seattle leads the league in three-point scoring, averaging 10 a game. So Mm. if you combine that with the Sparks shooting a league worst on offense in threes made and attempted, I think Seattle will be able to impose their will a bit. Um, And I think when you were talking about the over-under here, the Sparks are so difficult to try to handicap on that side so far Mm -hmm. because the roster, like you said, is just so different. Last year they couldn't win a game unless they were holding a team to fit in the fifties or sixties, because offensively they just didn't have the same number of weapons as they do now, mm-hmm. but now they can play up and down a bit more. I just don't know where they land because it's, it's been a little bit touch and go so far.
0: So between these two, would you, would you lay the points with a storm eight? Yeah, I would take They're that gonna win by uh, nine or more.
1: Yeah. Because Brianna Stewart didn't look that great last night, no. uh, but Ezzy Magbegor did, and Ezzy has yes. been has taken a leap. Um, she had twenty one points in her last game, and then the the game before that, she had seven blocks. And she's twenty two years old. She's the same age as this year's draft class, which is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Ezzy keeps getting better, and they've got her at the five, and Stewie gets is is back and healthy, and and oh. has some more reps and mobile, uh, I don't know. I don't know what Liz does to try to slow down.
0: I, that's what I was going to ask know. you when I've seen Stewie and Liz match up in the past. Obviously, when Liz was on the Aces, I felt like Stewie got the best of her. And maybe that's just her being a little bit more athletic or just that versatility that Stewie brings. But I feel like she kind of got the better of Liz. Now I'm like, is Liz who she's going to be? Uh, or is Liz going to be up against Stewie or is she going to be up against Ezzy? So it, it's, it's an interesting dilemma there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and where does NECA work into all of that, too? And yeah, I'm not sure how Fish is going to go about that. But neither of those matchups sound super great for the Los Angeles side for
0: me. So one question I have, because I overlooked this last year, and I don't know that it applies here, but I'm going to try to make it apply. Uh, Last year, I overlooked the Tina Charles revenge game on the Liberty Jordan Canada's former team, I don't know if she feels revenge for them. I don't know that she was upset about leaving. I think she was very excited to return home to L.A. She's an L.A. kid, obviously went to UCLA. Is there a factor here where we think Jordan Canada is going to go off?
1: There could be, because while Jordan Canada, it felt like a foregone conclusion that she would go back because she was an L.A. kid, like you said, and that she mm-hmm. really wanted to be back around that support system. There was there. I don't believe she was offered a contract by Seattle. So even if she wanted to leave, <laughs> at least, you know, it felt it would have felt more like a choice. It's polite. Yeah. It's polite to offer. <laughs> um, and she was also the point guard waiting in the wings for so long and then Sue just kept saying one more year, one more year. So yeah. I could see her kind of wanting to show off that, you know, maybe you should have passed the torch. So there there is potential for that. And Jordan's been really good to start this yeah. season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do think we'll see a big game from her, I would expect, especially from her, against her old team. I'm just wondering if we can get enough out of the Sparks offense to to get to an over in this game. I like the over in this game better than the Sun Fever game.
1: Yeah, I do too. And the
0: total's about the same. Could this be a revenge game for Katie Lou as well? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Katie Lou, the angle as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually am thinking about leaning with the Sparks here. Just because I haven't been super impressed with how the Storm have started their season. And again, Stewie just kind of getting back into the flow after she was actually sick. She wasn't just in health and safety protocols, I believe. She actually got sick. So, um, I don't know. Eileen Sparks here. But maybe they've run out of magic because they were covering spreads at the open. I don't know how it's going for them now. Eileen um, over there. We'll see. Uh, Saturday games to look at as well. No lines for these ones just yet. But Mercury at Aces. Um, before we get into this one, a little bit of Mercury drama that they're playing up on Twitter that I love. Uh, Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith. And then, of course, Thursday's game, which we're recording before this game is is in play and over. But uh, the Mercury are playing Thursday as well. And Skylar Diggins-Smith listed as questionable illness unrelated to COVID. And people are making the joke, oh, she's sick of DT. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> is going on on that team? Is there is there good drama or bad drama? Uh, I mean... It depends who you're asking, right? Because,
1: like, it's mm. good drama for the league and the fans, bad drama <laughs> for a team that has already been kind of on high alert uh, and probably very stressed out just due to just factors with BG and, and everything yeah. else going into it. Um, that being said, I think, and I might end up being wrong here, but I, I do think that a lot of this is is going to be is – we're going to get past it because – Skylar Diggins-Smith has so much respect for DT and mm-hmm. has called her her goat over and over and over again and, and talked about how that was really just like a huge reason for her wanting to be in Phoenix. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to get past this. I don't know if it will be by tonight, um, <laughs> but I think they're going to get past this. The The problem is going up against Las Vegas while you're not fully focused on what's turmoil. happening on the court. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering too, yeah, if this is just a, a, a night where she's she's gonna take Thursday off, perhaps, or maybe she will play again. We haven't seen just yet, um, and then she'll be back in action. And maybe it's good she just gets a game off to rest. But um, I agree. I think that they're family. I think they're fighting like that. I don't think people. I think people are blowing it out of proportion a little bit. But I just think turmoil in general on this team, where it seems like they're trying to figure out why they're able to stay in these games, then they lose in these final quarters. I do think that the Aces are going to be a unique and a very difficult challenge for them. Um, The Aces are going to push the pace. They're second in pace right now. The only thing the Mercury, I feel like, have going for them is their effective field goal percentage. Their defense is certainly not there. They're 10th in defensive rating. Aces are first in offensive rating. Um, I I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Mercury. And also pretty high scoring, I would imagine. Yes, I agree. I mean, Las Vegas' offense is not just
1: good. It's incredibly efficient. They, they
0: can score from anywhere.
1: Um, yeah, and that's that's starting five. I was I was pouring through the the synergy numbers before, and Jackie Young and DeErica Hamby are number two and number three in points per possession behind only Elena Deladon, and they have four players total in the top thirteen. Asia's at ten, Kelsey's at thirteen. They leave the league in field goal percentage. Like you said, they're four points better than the next closest team in three point percentage. They're fourth in three uh, in free throw mm-hmm. percentage. They're just. Every clicking on all cylinders, and it's just, this is not Bill Lambier's offense anymore. <laughs> this is, Becky Hammond <laughs> took it and literally ran with it. It's that they are She's exciting to fire. watch.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think Kelsey Plum is taking 6.6 uh threes a game, and it's just, she was, was just... she coming outreach. off the
0: bench last year?
1: <laughs> yeah, so she was, yeah, sixth of the year, sixth player of Come the on. year, and Derek Hamby also off the bench. Like, and that's what that's why I said to you last week like Becky put her best players on the court and it's making yeah. all the difference. Uh, the depth is still not where I want it to be but I don't think it's going to matter as much if there's any distractions on the Phoenix sideline. I think that's enough mm-hmm. that the Aces are just going to take control early.
0: We don't know the line for this yet. What would you what do you what do you think it should be? How much should the Aces be favored by? So it's in Vegas. I'm going to assume Skylar's in. I'm going to assume yeah. Skylar's in. I mean tonight's game is going to
1: move that a lot, I'm sure, but if mm-hmm. it were based off the last game we saw, I would say I could see seven or eight for Vegas. Wow. Um uh, yeah. because Phoenix, I would I would like Phoenix's to get a seven wins. yeah, Phoenix's wins were they were coming against uh Seattle without Stewie, the back to back set.
0: Yeah, I just don't think the Mercury have enough going for them right now. And if you're looking at this matchup, the Aces' defense is like fifth, I think, defensive rating right now. It's not It's not killer. I actually think that's the one area they could take some steps forward in. But the Mercury's defense is dead last virtually. They're 11th in offensive rebounding percentage. They're 10th in fast break points. They're 10th in second chance points. Like, they're not, like, unless they're just scoring on the first try, it seems like that's that's just what's going to be the only thing that works for them. So... I don't know. I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the total ends up being for this game, because I do think the Aces totals tend to be overinflated. So maybe there's an opportunity for an under here. Not fun to bet on an Aces game under, but it's there if you want it. And I do think the Aces will cover whatever this ends up coming out at.
1: Yeah, the the lines for the Aces always feel weird, and it... Just feels like all the books are making it from there, and it, and yeah. just whatever it is, you're never it never feels like you're getting a fair shake over no, or under. I always bet them live. Yeah, no,
0: I bet the aces live, but it's tough because most games you don't get an opportunity <laughs> to bet the aces live. They come out, they dominate, they stay dominant. Um, Mercury might come out and shoot really well, and maybe that gives you an opportunity. But I mean, for example, the aces game on Thursday night as well. I I don't. I mean, it's ten and a half or something against the Lynx, and. I want no part of that double digit, even though they absolutely can cover that. So not an opportunity live probably in that one, but we'll see. I'll try. I'll try my best. Speaking of the Lynx, they're also playing on Saturday. Lynx at the Wings. Again, no odds just yet. Offensive rating-wise, Lynx are eighth defensive. They're dead last. Maybe on the rise in some of these categories. And then the Wings have been one of the toughest teams to pin down. I don't know what to do with this team. Um, They're not really doing anything elite. Their defensive rating, their 6th, their 10th in offensive rating, which is surprising to me, uh, 11th in effective field goal percentage, and 6th in offensive rebounding. So nothing they're doing really elite. What What do you think we're going to see here, Lynx at Wings? Well, one thing that's good for the Wings is
1: they announced that Satu will be back. She's not playing tonight, but she'll be playing on Saturday. Um, so that's a big piece for them. Just finished in Turkey? Uh, yes, she was in Turkey. Um, yeah. Someone else who was in Turkey and just came back. Kayla McBride came back and already won a game. Uh, for the first game for the Lynx, she had 24 points within 48 hours of landing after a 13-hour flight. It was remarkable that that backdoor cut. Um, <laughs> I, she tweeted yesterday, "Just I love basketball so much, man. Like she is just <laughs> through and through a hooper, and you literally can't pry the ball out of her hands. Um, so it's it's great. I'm a huge." Kayla McBride fan, so I was very happy to see that. But also at the same time off a of plane. I want her to get some sleep. Off of I want her
0: to, yeah. <laughs> I want her to get sleep. Uh, uh, maybe after this game. But yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. So the links should be on the rise in some regards. Yeah, I mean also
1: Mariah Jefferson, they so that was something that we talked about is they could not figure out the point guard situation. Mm-hmm. Layshia Clarendon. Last year, they got off to a slow start, and they brought in Lay, and Lay came in, and and he was great for them. Just really settled everything down. But this year, uh, the team said that Lay had an injury and let them go, and then Laser said that they were healthy. You know, back and forth. But then Crystal Dangerfield was cut. They brought in Odyssey Sims. That didn't work, and Sims was cut within after two games. So yeah, then the they,
0: Dangerfield one was the biggest question mark for me. That's
1: yeah, that was the weird one to me too because former uh, Rookie of the Year two years back. Uh, Yeah. But Cheryl Reeve has been doing everything to try to find a solution. And it's Mm -hmm. only been two games so far, but Mariah Jefferson is averaging 18 points a game with five and a half assists and just looks really comfortable. And their offense has looked a lot smoother in these last two. So having her back is really, really great for them. On the the Dallas side, we've seen – Mostly, I think we've seen two good halves from Arike in four games mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, uh, And there was that game where she caught fire against the Mystics and mm-hmm. hit five threes to help bring them back from a big deficit uh, mm-hmm. within like within like four minutes. Is this big. the one I... we
0: talked about and the Mystics were favored by seven and a half? Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, I feel great about this. Yeah. That and one, then that they're up like
1: fifteen that at the end hurt. of the first quarter or something
0: like that. Yeah. And then it, it I didn't flipped. see that coming. That was so fun though, because Arique, three. That was Elena Arike. three. <laughs> Arique three. Three. Like back, back, back. It was it was really fun for a moment until I realized that it was just tanking my bet.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, uh, the Mystics have been the part of the two games that have been the biggest surprise for me because then they had that major comeback against the Aces when the Aces were up by 13 against them at halftime or something like that and then just came out flat in the second half. Um, but yeah, Dallas, they they somewhat go as Arike goes because there are just so many pieces there. Um, but Arike's usage is still so high, and when you look at mm. what her numbers look like, they're pretty close to in line with all of those stats that you rattled off that were not very <laughs> positive. So Ariki has been off to a slow start, but she can get hot at any time because she is the ultimate heat check player.
0: Yeah. That's what's so tough. The Wings were tough to bet on last year for that same reason. All of a sudden, if you're going to shoot a ton of threes, there's going to be games where your effective field goal percentage is trash, but there's going to be games that they start landing, and that's terrible if, if I'm trying to handicap a game, obviously. There was one category the Lynx were actually first in, which was second chance points, which I have to believe has something to do with Miss Sylvia fouls. And I also thought it was interesting in their win over the Sparks Uh, right? That was their first win. There -hmm. was three players over 20 points, but they only won by three. So I was just wondering if they have the depth to kind of... Links at wings. I don't even know. Are the wings favored here?
1: I. It really could go either way. If there was any game, any game in this five-game slate that we're talking about, this is the one that scares me the most. Um, I just don't know which direction I would feel comfortable. How many points? I, mm-hmm. I think that if if it's playing, if it was a pick If it's a pick up, if it was either, I, I think I'd go. Minnesota, if it was a pick 'em, which is oh. weird to think more one and four. But yeah, I think that more consistent, I think that the most talented player on the floor is Sylvia Fowles. And in a pick 'em, I think that's what I'm going to look at for consistency's sake, because Enrique can go off for 30, but she can also take 20 shots to get you 12 points. And when well, yeah. you've got someone in Sill, if she's going to get you 30, it'll be on about 15 shot attempts.
0: Exactly. It'll be every time. Yeah, I, I like the Lynx again here. And in the WNBA in general, I tend to gravitate towards the more experienced teams, the more veteran teams. And I just think the Lynx have that and Sylvia, etc. Um, so as fun as the Wings are to, to watch, and as much as they love to destroy my dreams with tons of threes, I, I do think the Lynx are going to get this done. So if you're getting points with them, I think it yeah. might be worth a look. Also, I feel like Wings game totals have been a little bit high, but I can see that their offensive rating is not very good. So I think this is an opportunity for an under, not knowing at all what the number is, of course.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, they can score. They scored, what, 59 (laughs) in the opener and then came out with 90 the game after that. So frustrating. Um, So (laughs) So I think, yeah, we we probably won't even know until like midway through the second quarter if they're playing well (laughs) offensively or not. Um, they, They are that kind of mercurial, but... It's, yeah, it's going to be, it, it's, it's such a tough one. I think these might be the two toughest teams right now to figure out which way to go mm-hmm. on a bet and they're facing each other. So I think that's why we're struggling so much.
0: Yes, that's, that's dead right for sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about this one. We'll, we'll have to see what the line ends up being, of course. Uh, before I let you go, who are your, who are your top two teams right now? I have to imagine I know who one of them are, but, but who's your number two right now?
1: So, yeah, so Aces are far and away my number one. (laughs) And I've been really impressed with Washington as my number two just because they are winning games with all different combinations of players. So Mm -hmm. they're getting tested and they're standing up to those tests. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be true by the end of the season, but for right now, all the teams have gone through some kind of adversity and the Mystics have come through better than anybody else I think
0: yeah I agree and it's funny because I wanted to see if you would say the Connecticut Sun but I just haven't seen enough from them yet but I know that you said they finally got that starting five in together so we'll see how that progresses of course yeah I mean
1: they're they're a big future for me uh the the Sun I I love everything about that team but yeah we've only seen one game and that one game was very impressive it was a 27 point win um enough that you like them
0: to cover versus the fever okay
1: I hope that happens I know that the Fever have a few wins, but they've, they're still the Fever. That's, that's kind of where I land. <laughs>
0: Don't, let's not forget, <laughs> especially with no Nalissa. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop bugging Miles. We'll bring him back hopefully very soon. Uh, Miles, I really can find him on Twitter as well. WNBA writer. Thank you so much, Miles. Thanks, Danielle. And thanks so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember new shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That means I'll be back for more LA action on Monday. So come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bett Rivers.